Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, precious brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning. To those of you who are listening who don't really know what that means, like good morning, God loves you. If you hear nothing else um, this morning, I want you to hear that. God loves you. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, And we want you to fall in love with the one with whom we have fallen in love. Um, the one who is love, and his name is Jesus. And so even though what we do here on the show is turn our attention to the headline news of the day, the reason that we're doing it and the spirit in which we're doing it is in order that we might bring the mind of Christ to bear on all of the issues that we face in life. Because Christianity, the Christian life, is a totalizing system. There's no there's no inch, there's no square inch of the human experience over which Jesus doesn't um, say, mine, and you know, that's not my thought. That's actually like something that's been repeated by a lot of people over the course of time. Um, I think initially uh, credited to uh, Abraham Kuyper. So if you think about what we're going to turn our attention to, which is the war in Ukraine and the World Series and the Powerball and what we're reading to our kids and what our kids are reading, okay? When you think about all of those things, Jesus is sovereign over all. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's currently seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. Um, And so you and I don't have to be the ones who sort out the sheep from the goats or the weeds um, from the wheat in this life. We are responsible to be people who are deeply rooted in the Word of God and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through us that we would produce for God a righteous life and that by those righteous fruits— predominantly love, but also joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that by this evidence, the world would not see us, but through us to God. All right, so we're going to let our light so shine before others that people will see our good works, but not to our glory, but to the glory of God. All right, that's what we're doing here on Mornings with Carmen, if you've ever wondered. What in the world is Carmen up to? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm up to. That's what we're doing. So um, in terms of the war in Ukraine, attention has focused to the city of Kherson. Um, and uh, Russia is, um, it's a provincial capital that Russia captured early in the war. Ukraine is now um, on the move to take it back. And in the midst of that, um, Putin has ordered all civilians in Kherson to be, quote, evacuated um, further behind Russian lines, Ukraine views that as uh, as an abduction of its people, uh, a forcible relocation of Ukrainian citizens into Russia. Um, and so that is that's going on there. We're going to keep our eyes and attention on that, even as further war atrocities are being uh, unearthed and uncovered in regions that Ukraine has retaken from Russia in recent days and weeks. How do I respond to all of that? I pray the news. 
I pray the news. I, I pray over the geography of the place. I pray over um, the precious people who are struggling. I, I pray that God's promises would um, be fulfilled in real time, um, in, in that real place, in the reality of the situation uh, that people are enduring there. I pray for a peaceful resolution to the conflict. Um, I pray always. How about the World Series? Uh, for those of you who've not been paying attention, the Houston Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies on Saturday, Saturday to win their second World Series title, the first, um, uh, the first since uh, kind of a scandal among the Astros in 2017. And so uh, there you go. Lots of uh, cool things going on um, there in relationship to that. But, you know, how do we, pr- how do we approach that as Christians? Yeah, let's uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and, you know, do a little weeping with those who weep. And on the um, on the Powerball, um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about gambling. We've talked about the lottery. It's definitely getting to the point where um, even people who have resisted buying a ticket in the past are now tempted to do so. So consider that. I mean, consider the temptation that rises within us as these numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's now $1.9 billion, and the drawing will be um, will be tonight. So just... Um, a consideration for conversation today. We're going to talk with Jennifer Papito. She's the author of Mothering by the Book. We're talking about not only reading the good book with and to our children, but we're talking about providing good books that we read with and to our children. What does it look like to mother by the book? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. What fun is in store for us? Jennifer Papito is here. She's the founder of The Peaceful Press. It's a company that's committed to providing learning resources um, that promote connection between parents and children. Think homeschooling here. Um, She's an absolute delight. If you've never connected with her, you're going to love this. Mothering by the Book is both the book and the website, motheringbythebook.com. Jennifer, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thanks, Carmen. I'm so excited to chat with you today. All right. This is um, this is really fun. First of all, I think just the fact that you have seven children whom you have successfully homeschooled, I figure by my math, they're now like somewhere like 13 to their late 20s. So um, and that you still have a passion for homeschooling and like want to help your grandchildren, you know, be homeschooled. Like, first of all, you're just going to be an amazement to people listening. Oh, that's funny. To me, it's just so much fun. It's my favorite part of the day is sitting with my children and getting to talk about great books together. I'm just so delighted with the life I get to lead. So I got to be like in a great books club when I was in elementary school. And I'm kind of wondering, when you think about introducing great books to children, and we're going to talk about reading, specifically reading aloud to them and the power of that as a part of what you cover in Mothering by the Book, the power of reading aloud to overcome fear and recapture joy, which just by the way, if you're listening, is more about um, the the overcoming of fear in our own lives. <laughs> this is not really a parenting book. It's a book for parents, maybe is a way to think about it. Um, Uh, So talk with us just about great books and the importance of what we're reading and what we're reading to our kids. Well, you know, I was just talking to a friend and she was mentioning that her memories from childhood 
surround good books and the conversations her family had about them. And I think so often we think, oh, I've got to educate my children. And then afterwards, maybe we'll have time to read a story. But it's the stories that are really shaping a child's heart and their worldview and their hope even. And I think it's really important that as educators, as parents, we get back to a realization of how powerful stories are, not just for shaping our own lives, but for shaping our children's lives and giving them a great education in the process. Yeah, so what stories we tell our children, what narratives we enforce. I mean, I, you know, I, I think about the stories that my children and now my grandchildren are learning and know and can repeat or talk about on their own and, and share with others. Like, as I hear them, I'm thinking to myself, okay, those are, those are good stories. I'm glad they know the stories of Daniel, or I'm glad they know the stories of David. When you're talking about mothering by the book, I mean, the Bible is an essential part of that conversation, but you're really talking about other great books that helped you as a mom overcome your own fears simply by the fact that you were reading these uh, books to and with your children. Can you talk a little bit about that process in your own life? Well, yeah, you know, as moms, I think we have so many concerns for our kids. We're like, will I be able to give them a good education? Or will the schools do a good job for my kids? Or will I be able to get through the toddler years? Or will I be able to potty train them? You know, there are so many things we're concerned about for our children. And I was concerned too. I was reading all these self-help books and parenting books, but ultimately it was the, the messages and the picture that I got from books of real moms, even fictional moms, interacting with their children and loving them, even through a hard time that inspired me with um, gratitude or grit or some of these character qualities that we need as mothers to be able to navigate sometimes a hard road of loving our children well. When you think about that litany of fears, because I think there are many, you you talk about several fears in Mothering by the Book. Um, the chapter on the fear of failing our kids or failing our families because, frankly, just so much weight is placed on the shoulders of the homeschool mom. Um, just, you know, let's use that fear as one we could point to and address, you know, as illustrative of what you're talking about in Mothering by the Book. Yeah, you know, I think that is a really deep one for us as moms. Like, at every stage, we might be feeling afraid that we'll fail them, or we might seeing some behavior that they're engaging in and just feeling like a failure uh, in as a root or as in itself. And I think a lot about God in the garden, how, you know, he was with Adam and Adam was his beloved created child and they were talking together. They had this great relationship. And then Adam made this horrible mistake that just ruined culture in a sense, ruined the world. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think that God at that point said, oh my gosh, I'm a failure as a dad. I totally <laughs> screwed up. I'm going to give up. You know, and I think as moms, I mean, the books that I read really helped me overcome. They helped me overcome this fear of failure, even even something like Shackleton's Endurance, where he did make a total miscalculation. Their their ship was frozen in the ice and he had to try and he failed. He failed in his mission and he had to try and get his men back to safety. And I think about, you know, God, I think about Shackleton. They didn't lose their sense of self just because of a failure. You know what I mean? God was still God. Shackleton was still the great leader that Shackleton was. And I think as moms, we really need to get a grasp on, you know, I am still a beloved daughter of God, even if my child is making a mistake. This doesn't disqualify me. But I think, you know, for me, books really did illustrate just 
the fortitude that some of these moms had, even when things didn't go the way they hoped they would, even when they did have to deal with a sick child or a struggling child or whatever it might be. All right, we are talking with Jennifer Pepito. The book is Mothering by the Book, The Power of Reading Aloud to Overcome Fear and Recapture Joy. Yes, we are giving away copies today. For those of you asking, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to pick up our conversation with Jennifer in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Continuing our conversation now with Jennifer Pepito. The book is Mothering by the Book. It's also the website, motheringbythebook.com. We are uh, talking about fear. We're talking about overcoming fear. We're talking about the power of reading aloud to our children and particularly reading good books. Every chapter of Mothering by the Book has a literature companion. And so if you've been wondering, what are the good books I should be reading? Well, Um, Jennifer makes a list of of them for us, um, and they track with the chapters of the book. So if you've ever read Charlotte's Web, well, that's the chapter on overcoming the fear of failure by speaking life. Or maybe, I don't know, scanning ahead. Maybe you've read Little House on the Prairie, that series. Well, that's the chapter on overcome the fear of the future by not complaining. So that gives you a little sampling of what is is in here. Jennifer, let's talk about... um, the Bible, because I think when, you know, when Christians instinctively read this this book title, Mothering by the Book, they are going to say, oh, that is a book about Christian parenting by the book, by the Bible. And you don't discount um, the need to be reading the scriptures and the need to be knitting the scriptures into the lives of our kids. Um, so can you touch on that um, and, and kind of weave that into this larger narrative? Well, yeah, I mean, I have a whole chapter on the power of knowing scripture for overcoming fear. And what I really correlate that to is the life of Corey Ten Boom. You know, in their family, they regularly gathered as a family in the morning, in the evening, and read scripture together. And they had a normal life. They weren't homeschoolers sitting around in the living room all day. They had a normal work life, but that was just a part of their (laughs) normal routine. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's a normal life. Homeschoolers sitting around in the living room all day. That's a normal. That's a normal, well, that's life. A normal life for three million of us. But I know it's not the it's not the majority normal life. So, you know, they were they were they were reading the scriptures together. And that is what gave them the power to overcome the fear of the Nazis when they had a choice to either hide in their homes and just let the storm pass or make a difference and help save the Jewish people. So I I think knowing scripture is just so integral to being a family of faith, a family that is the opposite of a fearful and um, kind of anxiety-ridden family. 
It's um, it's just fantastic. So thank you so much. The book is Mothering by the Book. We are giving away copies today. If you're interested, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, this is a um, kind of tangential question, so related. But I would just love for you to reflect for a moment on the seasons of mothering because you have seven people um, and they are at now various ages and stages. And now you're also a grandmother. So can you just reflect for a moment? I mean, you've been a mom of very little people and you've been a mom of, of elementary age and then junior high and high school and college. And now, now you're a mom of a mom of, of, you know, moms. So can you just reflect on the seasons of mothering? Well, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is just the importance of savoring each season. Because, you know, when you're in the baby years or when you're in the, you know, intense years of getting all the kids off to school or homeschooling all the children, there's a sense of like, I will not survive this. And we kind of get into survival mode and forget to savor it. And I, you know, I really started savoring when I had my fourth baby. I just realized I'm not going to be having babies forever. And I started just remembering the smell and remembering the look on my baby's face and, you know, just remembering and really being in the moment. And I think that's so important for our kids. It helps them know they're loved when we are present with them. But I think for us as moms, so that we don't look back and have all kinds of regrets that we, that we learn to just love the moments with our kids because they do go fast. Like I was looking at pictures and even that season of having all seven kids at home and we were going on mission trips all together as a family doing these exciting things. That season is also over. And I'm in a season of having to go different places to visit different kids because they don't all live close by right now. You know, so I think for moms, so many of us in those busy seasons, we're just like, how can I get over this? I just can't wait till they all go to school or I just can't wait till they're all grown up. And we forget that this is a really precious and fleeting season. Instead, slow down a little, just be there with them so you don't look back and have all kinds of regrets. So I'm just now just pure curiosity. Like, where are you geographically located? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the mountains in Northern California. And I have a married son who lives in New Jersey. I have a married son who lives a couple hours north. And then I have another son who lives uh, four hours away from us. So my kids are a little bit scattered right now. For a little while, I had one over in the UK. So um, I'm I'm very cognizant of how precious it is when my children are at home with me. Well, and you talked about doing, you know, mission trips together. You are not a family that has, like, focused on, um, oh, let's be sure that we don't ever do anything risky or dangerous. That that has not been um, the <laughs> the way you've approached parenting. But I think that the um, the adventure part of it, the the way that you've cultivated an appetite for the things of the faith in your children, um, all of those are such wonderful encouragements to others. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I feel like we have one life to live for Jesus. And so let's live it full out. Joan of Arc is actually one of my um, heroes. So if that says anything about me. <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather listen to the voice of God and burn than, than live a long life. So yeah, we're, we're, that's who we are. Well, the reason that I bring that up is I think that there is, um, at least in some people's minds, this like mythical homeschooling mom who's really doing it to protect her kids from all the rest of us, right? The influences of the world and being out there and really seeing what's going on. Um, yours has been prioritizing 
um, the love of God and the love of each other, the love of you as their parents, um, their resilience, their preparation, that they would, you know, have the ability to do things on their own and make good decisions. Like, this has been like a demonstration in preparation, not like hyper protectionism. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm... 100% about knowing your vision as a family and then going full on for it because I think that we we get so confused and fearful when we're looking around us at what other people are doing and thinking that's the only way to do things, which is probably why I wouldn't write a parenting book because I, I do feel like even in the Bible, there's not like one example of the perfect family that you should emulate. But I do, you know, I love my children's sense of adventure and their ability to try new things and and um be brave, really. And, and that was something we intentionally cultivated. It's so fun. All right. Mothering by the book, uh, The Power of Reading Aloud to Overcome Fear and Recapture Joy. Um, I know that you developed um, like a, a podcast to go alongside it and some other materials. Can you talk about what's available online at motheringbythebook.com? For sure. At motheringbythebook.com, my oldest daughter and I went through the book and ca- created a video story kind of companion guide so that as you're reading it, we go through some of the questions with you because it's more than just a book that you read. It's actually almost a guide to help you work through, you know, why am I so afraid and what are the scripture verses are going to help me overcome these fears? And we walk you through that. And then there's also that great book list that we talked about. It's all condensed in one PDF that you could take with you to the library or hold while you're doing your Amazon orders. So we we really want to help walk moms through getting uh, uh, overcoming fear so you can really, like I said, recapture joy, be present with your family and enjoy this short season of motherhood. So every um, every chapter includes also a study guide. It's got some great reflection questions, a scripture um, or two or three or four to memorize, um, and then more books on knowing um, things in relationship to that particular chapter. So again, Mothering by the Book is the book. Jennifer Papito is the author. We do have copies to give away today. If you want to enter the drawing, 877-933-2484 is the number. You're going to text the word book to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four. You can visit with Jennifer online at motheringbythebook.com. What a delight. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Carmen. I loved the chance to chat with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. The challenges that you and I may have faced as young adults, um, our children face as teenagers or even as little children. And so you can't wait until junior or senior high to start worldview conversations. Um, in fact, you got you to gotta start right from the beginning. So we're going to talk next with Elizabeth Urbanowitz. Um, you know her from Foundation Worldview. We're going to talk about um, a new early childhood worldview curriculum, recognizing that, um, you know, when our kids are very, very little, we've got to start talking with them and equipping them to explore the topics of truth and God and, um, and life and morality from a biblical worldview, because otherwise the world is more than happy to catechize them. So Elizabeth Urbanowitz up next. 
You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, one little cleanup on aisle four. For those of you who were trying to, um, to, to sign up for the book giveaway on the resource page at MyFaithRadio.com, it looks like there's a little bit of a delay in the system. So if you just sit there for a second, um, the trending articles will eventually blink out and the form for filling out your information to enter the drawing for the resource will populate on the page. So just give it a minute. Take a deep breath and give it a minute. Again, if you um, uh, if you want to enter the drawing for the copies of Mothering by the Book that we're giving away, text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. And then when you get, the, when you get there to the page, just, just take a deep breath and listen to my conversation with Elizabeth Rabanowitz while the page is taking time to update. So there you go. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Carmen. Absolutely. All right. Remind us, what is Foundation Worldview and why do we need to be equipping our kids, even at younger and younger ages, um, with Christian worldview material? Yes. So Foundation Worldview is an organization that seeks to provide Christian adults, mainly parents, with the tools that they need to equip their kids to carefully evaluate every idea that they encounter, because we know that God never changes, His Word never changes, the truth of the gospel never changes, but what does change is the culture in which we find ourselves. And in this culture, our kids are exposed to so many different ideas. You know, even if we're very careful at monitoring, you know, how much screen time they have, they're still faced with so many competing ideas. And so these ideas can really take root in their hearts and their minds and just germinate beneath the surface. And a lot of times, you know, the questions, the doubts, the lies that they're believing don't really surface until they're in their teens, but they've been germinating below the surface for years. And so we want to make sure that we're equipping them even at the youngest of ages to always be asking themselves, okay, what is this idea that I've just heard? Is it true or is it not true? And how do I know that? Just so that we can prepare them to understand the truth of God and his word. So, yeah, I think that I had a conversation this past weekend with a woman who was talking about bamboo and that it takes like five years underground before you see Hmm. really what's going on. Um, And then it shoots up like crazy and multiplies like crazy. And I was thinking about that, um, you know, in anticipation of our conversation, like, what we're doing between the years of like four and eight, um, mm-hmm. we may not see uh, anything above the surface until you know they're in they're in middle school or even high school. Um, but if we don't plant the right things from four to eight, and we we aren't helping them grow a really significant root system where they are deeply mm-hmm. rooted, um, not only in God's word but in God's worldview. Um, then what comes up and what's produced and what multiplies above the surface is going to be the things that the world plants in them and not us. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk with us about the um, Foundation Worldview's new early childhood curriculum. Yeah, so we just released an early childhood curriculum, which sometimes the word curriculum can sound very intimidating, but basically what it is, is it's a series of videos and activity sheets for children in that exact age range you were talking about, that four to eight range, where we just look at, okay, how has God designed the child mind to learn? And when kids are 
are eight and under, they really need a lot of body involvement. You know, they're very, you know, still working on their gross motor and their fine motor skills. And so we've just created a series of 25 videos that teach kids systematically what scripture teaches about big questions that any worldview has to answer. So we look at the question, what is truth? Who is God? How did life begin? Who am I? And how can I tell right from wrong? And we just systematically build a biblical understanding there. And, you know, I actually, I was listening to the segments before I came on in that segment where John Stone Street, you know, was talking about just the mm-hmm. prevalence of transgender ideology in our culture. And we know that that is so true that even you know, if we homeschool our kids or have them in a Christian school, that they're just going to be confronted with transgender ideology at some point in their life. You know, even uh, two days ago, I was flying on a plane and the man sitting next to me, you know, actually he he is bio- was biologically male and it was very obvious because he was balding on the top, but he was wearing makeup, you know, and he had breasts and was wearing a dress and, you know, our kids are going to encounter this and we don't want to wait until they have encountered this before we teach them the truth of who they are and who God designed them to be. So if we can just do some very simple activities, like teaching them the difference between something that's true, that's objectively true, and something that's a subjective preference or feeling, then when we can have this conversation about, you know, sometimes people who are born a boy or born a girl on the inside, they feel like something different. And, you know, when that happens, what's the truth about who they are? And what how we do this is we just systematically teach them that truth is what is real. We play a lot of fun games where we'll give them, you know, silly sentences. And if a sentence we give them is true, they're supposed to jump up and spread out their arms and yell true. And if something is not true, they're supposed to cross their arms in an X and say not true. And then if something's a feeling, they're supposed to hug themselves and say feeling. You know, so we just do this with lots of silly sentences like puppies are baby dogs or puppies run on the ceiling or puppies are fun and just get them to think about the difference between truth and feelings. And then later when Mm. we introduce the concept of humans as image bearers and that God created boy and girl image bearers, we talk about, okay, being a girl image bearer, is that a truth or is that a feeling? You know, being a boy image bearer, is that a truth or is that a feeling? And if we can just you know, introduce these concepts early on and teach them to kids in games that they love to play, you know, we can really start setting up these different categories. So then when we need to talk about these more serious concepts in life, they already have a framework through which to filter those ideas. All right. It looks like if people log on to foundationworldview.com, they can get a little taste of of this, um, equipping young minds to understand objective truth. It looks like there's three lessons that people can check out. You can check out the video. You can check out the activity sheets and the songs. And then there's obviously a way to um, to enter into the full experience and how you could do that as an individual family in your home um, or how you could um, do this with your entire church. So lots of ways to engage with this, foundationworldview.com. Um, Elizabeth, you you went through the questions, the big questions, pretty quickly, and my guess is that it would help us to slow down slightly and consider mm-hmm. those. So, what's um what what is addressed um, in this particular foundation worldview curriculum for um you know for early childhood? Yes. So the topics that I went through before, the first one is just the concept of truth. 
And kind of like I outlined before, we just want to equip our little ones to understand what's the difference of between something that's objectively true, meaning it's not controlled by my feelings versus my feelings, which are you know personal and subjective. They're going to change from person to person to person. And so we just want to establish that truth is objective. It's outside of us. Our feelings can't control it. Then after that, we look at the question, who is God? And we just want to lay the foundation for a basic understanding of some of the attributes of God and how he differs from the objects of worship in other religions or other worldviews. So we cover the concept, you know, first that God is three in one. We want kids to understand that God is triune because this makes God different than the presentation of any other God or object of worship in any worldview. We also talk about God being spirit, that that means we can't see him physically, but we can still know he's real. So we have the kids, you know, think through other things that are not physical, but we still know are real things like love or kindness or fairness. Um, then we look at God being the creator and how God has created everything and he is near his creation, but he is not part of his creation. Like God is not a tree. God is not a rock. God is not an animal. So just establishing some of the basic truths about who God is. After that, we look at the concept of life and how life began. And we play a whole bunch of games that help the little ones understand that when we look at science, science actually points to a designer because of all the information that we find in life. So we want to help these little ones see, oh my goodness, when we look at science, science actually points to God so that we're establishing very early, you know, that science and faith are not at odds. Then after that, we look at the question, who am I? Or what does it mean to be human? And we look at specifically at Genesis 127 that talks about humans being God's image bearers, being male and female. And so we'll do fun activities like we'll show them uh, pictures of people of all different, you know, ages and stages and ethnicities and abilities or disabilities. And every time they see a human, they're supposed to jump up and say image bearer, just so that they understand that every single human bears the image of God. Then we get into God made boy image bearers and girl image bearers. And we'll give them an example where we'll tell that, tell them about a certain image bearer. You know, we'll say like, John has a boy's body. You know, John loves art and painting and hanging out with his best friend, Jasmine. You know, is John a girl image bearer or a boy image bearer? That's right. He's a boy image bearer because he has a boy's body. You know, it doesn't matter what he likes or doesn't like or is talented at or not talented at or who his friends are, you know, our, our biology tells us whether we're a boy or a girl. Then after that, we look at the question, how can we tell right from wrong? And we look at, you know, are right or wrong truths or are they feelings? And then we talk about how right and wrong are truths, that there are certain things that we all inherently know are the right thing to do and all things we all know are the wrong thing to do. And then we talk about, well, why do we all do the wrong things sometimes? We talk about how all humans miss the mark, all humans sin. We dive mm -hmm. into the gospel about how Jesus hit the mark for us. And then, you know, once we're reconciled to God, we look to God's word to discern what is right and what is wrong. And so these are just, you know, basic foundational questions that if we can give our little ones a solid understanding of how scripture answers these, we can continue the conversation. We can continue playing games. And whenever we encounter something in culture, we can dialogue with them, you know, and, and anchor it back to God's word and what he is so clearly mm -hmm. laid out in scripture.
I love it. It's so good. We're going to continue our conversation with Elizabeth Urbanowitz in just a moment. We're talking about Foundation Worldview's new Early Childhood Worldview curriculum. You can check it all out at foundationworldview.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. The voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, Do not be afraid. Luke's on the text line at 877-933-2484. And uh, he thinks that the uh, Foundation Worldview, uh, new early childhood worldview curriculum, should be provided to every parent of every newborn at every hospital in the country. So there you go. That's. That's pretty, that's pretty high praise. Um, yeah, we don't know how to do this. We, we, like, we did not experience this when we were kids. We didn't, we did not inhabit the same world that our children are being born into or our grandchildren. Um, and so Elizabeth Urbanowitz is here today, um, but she's always available. You can connect with her through the foundationworldview.com website. Um, she's done tons of on-air interviews. So there are lots of videos that, where you can Listen and watch uh, Elizabeth talk uh, across a range of topics and subjects. Today, we're specifically honing in on um, a, a curriculum related to early childhood. But there is, um, there's also a studying the Bible curriculum for children ages 8 to 12. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. The, and then the, the foundational um, foundation worldview curriculum is available as well. So all of it at foundationworldview.com. Elizabeth, um, when we think about the challenges that parents and grandparents face, so let's talk just for a moment to grandparents whose mm. children are not necessarily focused on raising their children in the faith or not necessarily too, con- too concerned that their children are being catechized by the culture. Um, I'm thinking that this early childhood wor- worldview curriculum, because it's video-based, um, is something that a grandparent could subscribe to and use with their grandchild, you know, in those spaces and on those occasions when they have time together. Absolutely. You know, that's that's our heart behind this is that we want to make this as easy as possible for whoever is implementing this. And we do have many grandparents that choose to use our materials and implement them in their home with their grandchildren. But one thing we always just caution grandparents with is, you know, keeping that relationship open and honest between the um, the grandparent and then their child, you know, before they mm-hmm. get to their grandchildren, that we always encourage grandparents, you know, to ask the parents, you know, for permission to do this with their, their grandchildren, because, you know, that's the parents that God has given that primary responsibility. And so we do recommend that they do that, that they ask their, you know, their children, hey, are you okay if I do this series with your kids? You know, just talk about, we want to, we want to help equip them to understand what is true. And then even if, you know, the 
the parents of the children say no. One thing that we recommend then for grandparents is that they just get the series for themselves and go through it themselves because there's games in there, you know, that they can play with their grandkids in the car. Everything that we do in these curriculums, I first test out at the with the kids that God has placed in my care, you know. So there's children at my church, you know, that when they'll come over my house and we're driving in the car, they'll say, Oh, Miss Elizabeth, can we play the truth and feelings game? You know, so they've just turned it into fun activities. So there's so many things that grandparents can just learn, you know, from this series and then think through, okay, how can I implement this with my grandchildren? Okay. So we're in the car together right now and I'm the little kid uh, in the back seat, and I say, Miss Elizabeth, can we play the truth or feelings game? Mm-hmm. What, what happens yes. next? Then I say, absolutely. <laughs> and I just remind them kind of like I explained before, if I give you a sentence that's true, I want you to open your arms wide and shout true. And mm. if I give you a sentence that's not true, you cross your arms into an X and say not true. And if I give you a sentence that's a feeling, you just hug yourself and say feeling. Now, if you're not going through the curriculum with your grandkids, first just introduce true versus not true. Because especially if you're working with a four or five-year-old, giving them those three categories the first time is too much. So just First, start working on Mm -hmm. true versus not true. And then just, I mean, look around as you're driving and think about, you know, like trees are usually green, you know, Um, just sentences that you know are true. Um, You can just look around you in the car to get those sentences and then sentences that are silly that will make the kids laugh, you know, um, things like, you know, birds usually swim in the bottom of the sea and things that are very obviously not true and just play that. You can even have them think of some sentences. Um, They might enjoy that. And then after you've played the just true versus is not true for a few times, then talk about feelings, you know, that feelings are inside of us and they're going to change. You can have your grandkids, you know, make a happy face or a sad face, you know, or a surprised face, and then give them some feeling sentences like um, swing sets are the best or chocolate chip cookies are delicious and just have them practice then recognizing truth versus feeling. So play that a few times, truth versus feeling. And then after you've played that a few times, then bring it all together and you can play true, not true and feeling. And they'll most kids that I've worked on this with, they just love it. And they think it's kind of like that, you know, like I'm thinking of an animal game or I spy and it can just become a part of your, you know, everyday car rides. And pretty soon they start to think through this in everyday conversations. They'll be having a conversation and they'll say, oh, but grandma, that's just a feeling. And then you're like, yes, it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I love that. I also love just the physical, um, you know, giving them a physical thing to do and the posture of being open to the truth, arms wide open, and the posture of resisting that which is not true by, you know, putting that putting that X over my chest. Like, I feel like even that, the physical equipping is happening as well. I just, I mean, you know me, I'm such a fan. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for this latest um, addition, this latest version of the Foundation Worldview curriculum, specifically for our little ones. You guys can connect with Elizabeth and everything we've talked about today and so much more at foundationworldview.com. Elizabeth, blessings upon you and thank you again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on today, Carmen. Yeah, I just love it. I'm a huge fan. All right, Elizabeth Urbanowitz, you can find her at foundationworldview.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, I'm thinking that um, 
you know, we could invest in individual subscriptions, right, for for Foundation Worldview. If we, like, know families, I mean, I'm trying to uh, key in here on what Luke said online. Like, this should be available to everybody that, um, you know, has a baby. Um, I'm wondering how you and I might, like, maybe that's something we could make happen. Like, if maybe there's a family that, you know, has kids in this age range and you're like, oh, I could give them that as a gift. Like, that could be a way that I could help equip an emerging generation, um, you know, by actually helping that family have access to this particular resource. I don't know, maybe uh, maybe find a way that God is calling you particularly to help. Like, right, we see the problem. Well, there are solutions out there. Um, let's help make them, you know, a- available and accessible to the people who could use them most effectively and need them most. Hey, I've loved spending time with you today. Um, don't forget to prepare your schedule tomorrow so that you will be able to vote. I want to encourage you um, to do that. Also, don't miss the blood moon. Apparently, it's like 15 minutes before the open of the show tomorrow. Um, and so get up a little bit early and go outside. Um, it's really spectacular. Hey, have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.